0: and welcome you are listening to the power hour here at cjlo 16 a.m in montreal my name is william power i'm with dominic demister we are already, folks, a little bit further than we were last week in terms of our NFL schedule. Uh, crazy to think that uh, so far into the season, we are already heading in to Week Six. We got a bunch of surprise teams, Dominic. We have uh, some, some. I guess you can say some friendly fire in between uh, other teams. We got some injuries to report. A lot to report. This episode of the Power Hour. First off, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing amazing, William. How are you doing?
0: I'm great, thanks, my man. Let's uh, not beat around the bush too much longer. We got a lot of games to unpack, and like I said, a few other things lingering. So let's jump into it right away. Dominic, what's uh, I guess your game of the week? You want to talk about your surprise of the week? And uh, let's kick it kick us off with uh, with some fun here.
1: Okay, well, the game of the week for me probably was the Philadelphia Eagles mm. against the Los Angeles Rams. You know, this game was a back and forth game, really entertaining. Philadelphia takes it 23 to 14. Jalen Hurts passing for 25 for 38, 303 yards, one touchdown and one interception. And AJ Brown again, he's going to the well to AJ right now and it's working. Six receptions, 127 yards, no TDs, but still great game by Philadelphia and I have to admit, you know, consistency 5 and O oh right now are the Philadelphia Eagles. We talked about it last week about the offensive line and whether or not this offensive line was similar to last year. And, folks, it definitely is similar to last year. It kind of reminds me of the Buffalo Bills offensive line of two years ago where, yeah, they can run the football, but when they go drop back to pass, William, it is Mm -hmm. a wall. And that, to me, provides Jalen Hurts that extra second to really kind of read the defense and being very comfortable in the pocket. As for the Rams, you know, they had a pretty decent game. Matthew Stafford went 21 for 37, 222 yards and, and two touchdowns here. And Cooper Cup came back into the game and he was just like, it's like he had never left. He went yeah. eight inceptions, 118 yards on 12 targets. So yeah, both these teams seem pretty comfortable with their scheme. You know, I know the Rams are two and three right now, but obviously getting Cooper Cup back is definitely going to make them that much more competitive. And for the Eagles, yeah, I have to admit uh, I'm one thing that I've obviously seen now is the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line is definitely kind of like picking up from where they were last year. So that is definitely something to keep an eye on for the remainder of the season. If, if that stays healthy, the Eagles can be going places.
0: Yeah, they they definitely can, them. It's uh, I'm glad you brought up this game because I watched this game from start to finish. It was one of the games I was most looking forward to. I'd say, obviously, besides watching my Dolphins, for some reason, this was a game that uh, caught my attention. I actually called the Rams in an upset special here. It didn't pan out, but uh, something that you talked about, um, I wanted to allude to is Cooper Cup in this game. I, he had, I believe, it was five catches on the first drive, and they were all identically do the shimmy, 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 and shimmy, 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 slanted, and it was like. Stafford was hitting him as if it was practice, and like these defenders were as if they were paid to to leave him uh, and to let him catch the ball. Like I said, as if it was training camp or what have you. But I really thought after this start, it was going to be one of those back and forth. 34, 32 type of ball games. Um, and, you know, credit for Philadelphia and their defense because they did adjust. There did seem to be some miscommunication between Stafford and Cooper Cup as the game went on. I believe there was a, a wheel route that he threw kind of to the back shoulder and Cooper Cup uh, cut to the inside. So you got to give credit where credit is due. This Eagles defense held them to 14 points, which is very tough to do in the NFL nowadays. But I think the Rams missed some opportunities here. Um They, they drove and weren't able to capitalize on drives um and there were times in this game where um were where, you know Hurts he looked good throughout the course of this game but there were times where he looked a little bit shaky uh, and didn't really seem to to have his receivers there was the beef between or beef Devonte Smith uh ended up not taking himself out of the game but you know coach Sirianni saw him walking down the sideline because he didn't get targeted much in this game at all and um i think that potentially that could be a problem later on it wasn't in this game they improved to 5 and 0 but i think that's where the Rams could have you know kind of pushed the um I guess you can say push the narrative here in in terms of, you know, this being more of a, of a running football team and, uh, and him not being necessarily in sync with his receivers because they did a good job of shutting down Smith. But as you alluded to, they didn't do a good job shutting down AJ Brown, AJ Brown with an incredible one-handed catch. And even when he wasn't catching the ball, he was creating pass interference penalties here uh eagles like you said sitting at 5-0 and do you have them in the same tier as the san francisco 49ers dom or the 49ers kind of in that tier one and maybe 1a and the eagles are 1b how do you think they match up against san fran uh, both of them being the only two undefeated teams left
1: well obviously i think they're the cream of the crop in the nfc right now clearly the record demonstrates that I think Philadelphia has a chance if this offensive line does what they did against the Rams. And I know the Rams and 49ers are completely different in terms of defense, mm-hmm. but Philadelphia does have the personnel to beat San Fran's corners. And it will come down to whether or not AJ Brown, and uh, even Devontae Smith who is quite in this game uh, are the kind of guys that can beat San Francisco secondary. You know, San Francisco is a great football team. Clearly the record shows it, as I said, but I want to see that team face adversity, and I don't think we have seen it yet. So until Mm -hmm. I see it, you know, right now, believe it or not, I think I might be liking the Eagles a little bit more than the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, but I mean, that's really early because obviously we got to see the adversity. But I'm liking what I'm seeing right now from the Eagles. I thought they were going to regress this year, but it really came down to that offensive line for me. And it doesn't seem it has, you know, really digressed from last year that much.
0: No, it it doesn't. And, you know, Philadelphia, like I said, undefeated. They don't really have too much of a test this week. They play the Jets. However, in two weeks, they're going to have the Dolphins on Sunday night football, uh, which should be a good game and maybe a real test for both Miami and Philadelphia. Uh, A game I want to talk about is the Bengals and the Cardinals. And, look, this may not have been the most exciting game. It was pretty exciting in the first half, and I think that it was uh, close uh, for the majority of this game. And then Cincinnati kind of took over. But for me, this is exactly what Cincinnati needed to do. And, look, I understand the idea of burrow having to develop chemistry with his receivers i'm not a huge fan of the idea of, of quote-unquote force-feeding jamar chase but i really feel like in this game there was a, a bit of let's get jamar chase going but also chase creating place for himself he had 15 catches 192 yards three touchdowns and look even if you say Burrow is forcing the ball to chase, like these are spectacular numbers. You know, no average receiver makes these type of uh, type of plays, even if they're getting forced for the ball. And they also ran the ball, not necessarily effectively, 25 times uh, for 81 yards was Joe Mixon's stat line. But it kind of kept the defense guessing, and I think that that's what Cincinnati needed to do. And Joe Mixon has a, had a, a slow start to the year, but they get the big win here. They win this game, 34 to 20. And look, Arizona's not a great team, but don't forget the Cardinals did beat the Dallas Cowboys. And I think the Cardinals have been a bit of a, um, I don't want to say pleasant surprise because they still only have one win. But maybe a little better than people expected. So I think this is the exact win the Bengals needed. I'm not ready to say they're back on track yet, Dominic. But I think with with how up and down the AFC North is, I have to say after uh, week five or five weeks in the season, and this performance by Cincinnati and the lackluster performance by Baltimore, I'm almost ready to say I'm confident the Cincinnati Bengals team will win the division because, unfortunately for your Steelers, Dom, I just don't see it happening. We could talk about them later. I don't see the Browns winning it at any point either. So it comes down to Cincinnati or Baltimore. And if I'm looking at the stars on both sides, I'm taking Cincinnati stars all day, every day over Baltimore stars. So I think that this is a great win for the Bengals, a step in the right direction. And I got to say, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm fairly confident right now, even though Cincinnati has a losing record that they'll come out of the AFC North if I had to guess right now.
1: Yeah, Cincinnati definitely is a great football team. We know that. They drafted well. However, you know, I just don't like what I'm seeing out of this football team so far. I know it's a long season, but mm-hmm. I think Zach Taylor, I said this last week, Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, they got to get more creative in this play calling. You know, you could feed Jamar Chase all you want. This guy's going to get shut down sooner or later. You're going to have to get, you need to get some guys a lot more comfortable in this offense and I just don't see it so that's just for me a big issue mm-hmm. overall Cincinnati as a football team great you know I love the defense yeah. in Cincinnati I think that you know guys like Trey Hendrickson is, is truly a great defensive end and we've seen the emergence of Dax Hill who is a, a great free safety those two players are going to solidify that defense so they will be in a lot of football games this year but again that's maybe I'm just being a bit biased because I still think this division is up in the air, not like you. Mm-hmm. But let's just see how it plays out. It's still very early in the season. But uh, no, I'm kind of like, a bit uh concerning with the cincinnati Bengals, kind of like you were early in the season it's kind of flip-flopping on yeah. TV now so it's pretty pretty funny how that is but uh, i think uh, for the arizona cardinals they just weren't really prepared in this football game i didn't like at all jonathan gannon's game plan granted they lost james connor who's going to be out for multiple weeks and i do think that's going to be an issue moving forward for arizona unless they have a a wild card in the bag with one of those running backs, either Amari De Mercado, if he steps up, which is, I guess, a possibility. But eh, I'm going to have to see a lot more game tape out of that kid uh, to call him in the same league as James Conner. And another guy that I thought should have stepped up in this football game and only was delivered a few passes late in the fourth quarter was Michael Wilson. He had two touchdowns two weeks ago, yet was not even targeted until late in the fourth quarter. That's bad game planning on the Arizona Cardinals part. And that's why they lost this football game.
0: Yeah, they just, uh, I think that's, uh, that's uh, well said there. And look, they, they were, for the most part, seemed to be... Uh fairly, uh, I guess you could say, in the in the realm of, of potentially winning this game, but you can just tell that they either ran out of gas or uh, the Cincinnati Bengals were just uh, too much for them. Uh, like I said, AFC North it could be up for grabs. You said it's up for grabs. And the Pittsburgh Steelers make a massive statement. Being the Baltimore Ravens, albeit a lot of jobs for Baltimore there, but Baltimore had this game and like I was checking the score of this game, you know, not not frequently there, but every time I checked it was like Pittsburgh had zero points and zero points and it was 10-0. And all of a sudden the game was over and Pittsburgh won. I'm not sure how much of this game you watch Dominic but Pittsburgh pulling this game out of the hat uh, the dagger really being the touchdown from Pickett to Pickens uh, beating Humphreys there down the sideline a big win by your Pittsburgh Steelers Dominic and don't look now but your Steelers are first place after this victory in the AFC
1: North yeah the Steelers take this hard-fought football game 17 to 10 Kenny Pickett passing for 18 for 32 224 yards you know, as an honest Steelers fan, I have to admit we should not have won this yeah. football game. This was not Lamar Jackson's fault either, folks. It was just the ride receivers on the Baltimore Ravens side who just could not catch anything. Zay Flowers had his worst game. Uh, I thought Nelson Aguilar had a huge drop, even though he went five, uh, four for five for 64 yards. That one drop was, was, was a big, killer yeah. uh, in a key moment in the game. But, uh Steel- the Steelers still have a few weapons here that uh, were a bright spot Jalen Warren ran well nine carries for 40 yards averaging 4.4 yards a carry he's a definitely a spark plug and uh, obviously George Pickens seems to be able to really lift up this football team by himself on the on the offensive side Kenny Pickett still looks like a, a bit of-, of a squirrely kind of quarterback you don't know what kind of QB, you're going to get on any given week. So he's still developing. He's still obviously in his second year. This is really the defense of the Steelers, just playing lights out football in key moments. TJ Watt, just an absolute monster. I think, you know, there's not enough could be said about that football player and it's his importance to this football team. They would be probably, you know, you know, 0-5 if it wasn't for that player. That's how important he is. But hey, you know, all that matters in football, are the W's? They're three and two going to go into the bye week. They're going to get Deontay Johnson pack probably for week seven. This guy, hey, if he definitely is the key to this offense by creating separation, you know, the Steelers lack that number two wide right receiver, then maybe. You know the Steelers are exactly where they're supposed to be right now three and two but you know there's just lacking a bit more depth at that wide receiver position to make me very comfortable in declaring a the Steelers a, a playoff team because right now they're not a playoff team even though their record is three and 2 mm-hmm. they you're gonna have to be a lot stronger and I mean a lot stronger in the offensive side of the football moving forward otherwise they will not make the playoffs
0: yeah, and you got to think that, look, up uh, the better teams in this division, you know, for now, I mean, the the Bengals and the Ravens there are eventually going to get bit better and potentially figure their stuff out. Maybe the Cincinnati Bengals already have. So, yeah, Pittsburgh kind of playing with house money right now. But, you know, they're, they're first and they definitely can't take that away from them. Uh, speaking of Baltimore, I think a, a team that kind of reminds me of Baltimore right now is the Buffalo Bills. Both of them sitting at three and two, both of them with curious losses this weekend. Uh, After crushing Miami last weekend, a lot of people having them as the best team in the NFL, which, you know, would have potentially, you know, I didn't really have any more arguments on that. They look good on offense against Miami. They look good on defense. The game wasn't close and they shut down the Dolphins, who were, you know, the the cream of the crop at the time. They go to London and put a, a lackluster performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Josh Allen only putting up 20 points for his boys in this one, going 27 of 40, throwing a pick in this one. And, well, the stats don't look all that bad. It was just something about this Buffalo Bills squad at the beginning of this game just didn't seem to be meshing all that well. Stephon Diggs putting up his, his 121 yards on eight catches, but throwing his helmet on the sideline, there just didn't seem too much going, or I guess you can see too much uh, spice to this Bills offense uh, in this game. And, uh, you know, their running game was virtually non-existent in this one. Harris, three carries, 13 yards. Uh, Latavius Murray, two catches, two sorry, two carries for six yards. This Buffalo Bills team looked a lot different than they did from the previous week. And it just goes to show you it's a really what have you done for me lately type of league. And they looked like the complete opposite team they did the week before. Maybe it's because the game was in London. Maybe because they traveled. But like right now, I think Baltimore and Buffalo sitting at three and two. We know these teams are super Bowl contenders, but they just don't seem to have the consistency that you want to see out of, you know, quarterbacks that they have, offenses that they have, and even defenses that they have. So Dom I had a very pressing question or questions to uh to ask you that I did ask you right before the break Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens, I would kind of uh, alluded to the fact that I feel they're kind of in the same boat, both sitting at three and two, both have Super Bowl aspirations and rightfully so. But it's hard to really make out where both these teams are headed. Uh, what was your, your thoughts on, I guess you can say, the Bills and Jags game? And, and where do you think uh, Buffalo's headed from here? Do we have areas to, of concern? Are we worried or do we think Buffalo's going to figure it out and uh, and get their stuff together eventually?
1: Well, their defense is starting to be decimated by injuries, so that's going to be, you know, how much depth will Buffalo have on defense, but you know what, the offense is good enough to stay in any football game, losing Matt Milano, however, their weak side linebacker, that's going to be the big one to keep an eye on, Yeah, those Buffalo Bills, he seems to be the kind of like the spark plug for that uh, Buffalo defense, so let's see what happens but overall, I think Buffalo just, you know, in this football game, they arrived a lot later uh, than I would have, you know, if I was coaching this football team and doing the travel arrangements. I think they came in like, what, 52 hours prior to game time. I would have been there a week before to be, you know, acclimated with the conditions and whatnot in the UK. But they got there the last second. They didn't seem like they were... They didn't seem to have a great game plan you, you mentioned about the running game being so yeah. horrible i think that's the area they should have just pound the ball a bit more to soften up that jaguars defense granted it's not an easy thing to do that's one of the jaguars specialty is stopping the run and when they did that well you know they were able to get buffalo off the football field and jackson will just capitalize with a great you know mixture of run and pass You saw Lawrence. He still seems a bit scared sometimes, Lawrence. But, you know, in this football game, I thought he delivered really strongly with Calvin Ridley. Certain moves that Calvin Ridley did in this football game really, really impressed me. He seems to be, you know, finding back his game. It's been a long time, you know, that he hasn't played football. But now it's been a good five weeks. Jacksonville is slowly putting together, you know, a good football team. Can it be the consistency um, for moving forward for the remainder of the season? Because that's, for me, the big red flag is one day Jacksonville shows up and then the other days they don't. So that division's up for grabs. I think they're going to be in contention throughout the entire season. But no, I do believe both Baltimore and Buffalo have the personnel right now to be contenders in the AFC. So I'm not worried about either franchises whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I think I think they're just a little bit up and down. I think I'm more um, I guess I can say more of a believer in the Buffalo Bills. Baltimore, I haven't really been all that high on from the beginning of the season. You, you look, it's unfortunate for the Ravens because you see, okay, look, the the question mark was Lamar Jackson and the narrative was oh Lamar Jackson's maybe not be the best passer. You go out there, you get him weapons, you say, Okay, now this is a recipe for success. Lamar throws a ball in the money, then guys are guys are dropping balls. It's okay, what more do you want Lamar to do? So I I you know for being um a guy that criticizes Lamar more than other people. I got to say that this past game wasn't really on him. There were plays he made that he shouldn't have made, being the quarterback that he is and being the type of guy he is. But it's hard to put the game solely on Lamar Jackson there. And I think for Buffalo, with with Allen uh, and then the the receivers they got, you know, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, obviously, I do think eventually they'll get their run game going. So hopefully they'll figure it out. But yes, Milano is a bigger piece, Um that people, people don't realize. And he's kind of the heart and soul of that defense, that that middle guy that kind of uh, is, uh, you know, the guy that doesn't let anything get past him. He makes his tackles. He never blows an assignment. And really the 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 IQ of that defense. So I think losing him for, for a long time may be problematic for the Bills. Uh, yeah, I got a think question
1: for you, William. Yeah, How sure, do think, sure. Do you think the Buffalo Bills are going to make a big splash at the trade deadline? Because right now, with all these injuries, whether it be on the offensive side or the defensive side of the football, do you think Buffalo makes a big trade?
0: Offensively, definitely not. No, uh, I think that, you know, they're content with what they have. And I think in terms of offense, they are who they are. Defensively, I can see them potentially trying to go after a linebacker. Um, like you said, make that trade, maybe get uh, a linebacker. The thing is, there's not really many linebackers, or big names that are in free agency here that are free agents. So I can see potentially, yeah, on the defensive side of the ball, I think offense is going to, Buffalo is going to stay the Buffalo Bills forever. They're always going to kind of have this type of offense, but I think on defense, you may try and get a guy that could potentially potentially replace Matt Milano.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they're going to probably get another receiver. That's who. What I really, eh? we just saw Van Jefferson get traded today. Yeah, you know, he went to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I think we're about to see more trades happening. And Buffalo, to me, I just if they want to be really consistent and big time contenders this year. They've got to get stronger. And with all these losses that they got on defense, you know, maybe they can mask it somehow by getting another offensive weapon. You know, I'm thinking of um, you know, Jarvis Landry's not signed yet. True. Obviously, True. that's a receiver that potentially could help the Buffalo Bills. Or, you know, good old playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette, you know, True. at the running back position. I still think these two key offensive players deserve to be signed somewhere. And even maybe Carson Wentz, granted, that's a whole other story, not for the Buffalo Bills. But there are a few good free agents left on the market. And I do believe we're going to see some of them getting signed within the trade deadline.
0: Well, I'll tell you one thing, Dominic. One team that may consider going after a free agent, wide receiver, offensive player are those Dallas Cowboys. Because man, oh man, did this game of the week not live up to the hype. I felt bad. I was watching it with two buddies, one of them that's been on the show before, my buddy Terry and my buddy uh, Jaff. Two massive Cowboys fans, and let me just say, it was not a great Sunday evening for them. I was neutral. I didn't really have a dog in the fight. However, I did want Kittle to put up points because I was down by 24 in fantasy, and he put me up 26 points, so that was amazing there. Kittle had done nothing for me all season and then clutched up when it counted, but yeah, had like, First let me ask you this question. Is it a more impressive win by the by the 49ers or is it a more detrimental loss and poor performance by the Cowboys?
1: I don't know who to chalk this uh, defeat on uh, on Dallas. This is just whether it's coaching, whether it's a combination of doc and coaching. I don't know what uh, where to point the finger. This was just yeah. a horrible game. I really atrocious. My- It was
0: it was absolutely atrocious. Sorry to cut you off down. I don't think anybody even 49ers fans were expecting a game like this.
1: But it's not the first time. So um, when yeah. it's when I see Dallas just choking like this, there's just an issue. And whether or not you know the consistent component in the last five years has been Dak Prescott. Yes, in yes. my personal opinion, you know how are you supposed to get momentum at any point in the game if your quarterback is just playing just god awful? I've said this about Dak from like like almost the last five years. Yeah, and. Honestly, I think it's time to move on from Doc. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, granted, are still a good football team, and they'll probably make the playoffs because the NFC don't have that many great teams. But I do think that Dallas, you know, this has to be the last year for Doc Prescott. And Mike McCarthy, you know, I like Mike McCarthy. He's won a Super Bowl. But if Doc goes, might as well clean house, get Mike McCarthy to leave as well at the same time. There's just no excuse, you know. I just find that this is a broken record in Dallas. If I was a Dallas football fan, I'd be, like, absolutely livid. And, you know, it's it's kind of like you said it yourself. This was a classic football game that yeah. everybody was anticipating, even the NFL. Sometimes if you wonder, like, you know, why didn't they throw some more flags to somehow make this game closer? Because <laughs> after the second or after the third quarter, it was done. And uh, congratulations for San Francisco. We're talking about competitive teams in the NFC. Yeah, San Fran, just the beauty to watch. You know, one thing that they're doing properly in San Francisco is they're owning the coaching staff of the opponents. In this specific football game, every time that you thought Dallas was going to, or sorry, San Francisco was going to run, they would pass like, you know, those late football kind of like plays where it's a third and two. Oh, obviously it's going to be a run. Boom. It was a pass. Brock Purdy having a beautiful game. And that's just Kyle Shanahan outclassing, NFL coaches right now and he obviously can do that because he's got the personnel that's just beautiful to watch I just want to see San Francisco face a bit more adversity before I start crowning Brock Brock Purdy the next Joe Montana because he is playing lights out football but all the dominoes are falling so perfectly right now for San Francisco I just want to see this team face adversity to really find out who the real San Francisco 49ers are
0: well done. That's it is a very good take all the way through there, and I think that a lot of question marks for Dallas. But I before I continue, what what uh, if I'm a 49ers fan to play devil the advocate here? Weren't the Dallas Cowboys the best defense in football? And if you want like your quarterback to be under test, hasn't Brock Purdy passed that test, putting up forty two points against his Dallas Cowboys defense? Or do you really think it's a lot of the Cowboys offense that led up their defense in poor situations? Because if I'm a 49ers or even an NFL fan right now, dumb Pur- Purdy's got my Check and you got my check mark, and I'm not sure I have any question marks surrounding him.
1: Listen, Mika Parsons is a great football player. A lot of people think he might be the best defensive end in football, Mm -hmm. but if you only got one player, that's not good Mm -hmm. enough, right? Dan Mm -hmm. Campbell, I think that, or sorry, Dan Quinn, defensive corner for Dallas, yeah, didn't do a good enough job to attack Brock Purdy. He just didn't. I thought I chalked this defeat more to the Dallas Cowboys coaching Mm. staff because they have to put up a game plan offensively and defensively, and they had no answer. And Vander Esch obviously got hurt in this football game, their middle linebacker. Pretty sure, in my opinion, he's a pretty decent middle linebacker. Otherwise, they wouldn't have re-signed him this year. But uh, listen, the Dallas Cowboys are just not doing it from head to toe and they just got to get better especially when you're playing against the best team and for San Francisco yeah you know it's a valid point William but Dallas currently today is not the best defensive football team in the NFL you know Mm -hmm. I'd go to my Pittsburgh Steelers winning those football games the way they are that's a good point I honestly think that they have to make a pretty good case them being the best football defensive team across the NFL the Browns are pretty good as well and as are the Ravens that division is just constantly uh amazing at defense so you know that's the area that I'm looking at in terms of defensive football and Dallas yeah you did make an impression beating the Giants but it looks like the Giants are terrible so maybe we overestimated the Dallas Cowboys defense
0: and look, maybe we overestimated the Dallas Cowboys period. It's I think sometimes it's a lot more simple than we we make it out to be uh, as analysts or you know as people that watch football. Unfortunately, Dak Prescott has just not played good in big games, and you know you could say about this uh, the the O-liner, the the running back hasn't performed, or the coaching, or at the end of the day, Dak Prescott has not been good enough. People, and and we I think it's about time we start accepting that. I don't think it's all on Dak, but I just don't think with Dak Prescott at the quarterback, the team is a Super Bowl contender. I said it from day one. I'll say it until the end of the season, and I'll say it to if and. Or they end up making the playoffs. I think look, you look—you got Trey Lance for peanuts. Why not take a chance on him? Anyway, that's it for the Dallas Cowboys. As you bad if you have any Cowboys fans listening—but yeah, I think you know Prescott. He's—he's he's on a short leash. He, or at least he really should be on a short leash after that performance, because uh, I don't think he's cutting it right now for those Dallas Cowboys. John, let me ask you a question now. The Detroit Lions put up 42 points against the Carolina Panthers. They're sitting pretty at four and one right now, first in the division. Are the f- Detroit Lions for real?
1: Yeah, the Detroit Lions definitely are for real. I was a bit, you know, two weeks ago questioning, you know, Dan Campbell's ability to call some some good plays at the right time, And but this team was decimated. I know it's Carolina, but this team was decimated entering this football game, and they still destroyed Carolina. So yeah. you have to give props to the Detroit Lions, and I think it's – been you know overdue it's been a long time we haven't seen this franchise being successful and i think all the dominoes are falling exactly how they should in detroit and we're about to see you know keep an eye on Jamison williams it was his first game back but this guy once he gets going that detroit receiving sets are going to be that much deadlier with already montgomery running like a lion up in detroit and hey they also have jamar gibbs Offensively, beautiful. Defensively, however, there are a few question marks. I've never seen Alex Anzalone play this good in his entire career. He's leading this football team defensively. And that's quite surprising because at one point I thought he was one of the worst linebackers in football. Not this year, folks. This defense is being led by Alex Anzalone. And hey, when you got a guy playing that good, everybody else will follow. And All the dominoes, like I said, are falling in place for the detroit lions and they will be there deep potentially in the playoffs this year
0: yeah i've been very impressed with the lions and like i'll be the, the first to say that i wasn't sure i was buying all the hype just yet and i wanted to see detroit go out there and perform and you know all the talk in the offseason about the team getting better was great but i wanted to see them get wins and right now they've done exactly that and i've put them to the test and they passed that test with flying colors so far Four and one. Uh no St. Brown playing in this game. They're still able to put up 42 points and uh, you know, Goff throwing for three touchdowns in this game. And you look at this division right now, Dominic. Uh Chicago yesterday to get the first one of the season. But the, the Vikings are sitting at one and four, and they lose Justin Jefferson for at least the next four games, sitting on IR. A Huge, huge blow for the Vikings, as if they needed any more bad lose, bad news. And then the Packers just put up a stinker on Monday Night Football against the Raiders. So this could very well be and right now really is the Detroit Lions division to lose and unfortunately like I just mentioned um, uh, Justin Jefferson officially being placed on the R so potentially more uh, opportunity for the Lions to uh, to increase their lead in the division
1: yeah 100% you know both the Packers and the Vikings are feeling it right now the Bears just won a beautiful football game which I don't think nobody saw coming destroying the Washington Commanders 40 to 20 on Thursday night football. So, was this the coming out party for the Chicago Bears? You know, DJ Moore, eight receptions, 230 yards in this football game. I think we just saw the DJ Moore coming out party with Justin Fields. They're gonna have a bit of problems potentially at the running back position because they got Khalil Herbert that's hurt, and they got Rashawn Johnson that got a little bit of concussion, but we might see Devontae Foreman become the lead back for the chicago bears and if that guy comes in sometimes he is a cannon north and south football wins a lot of football games and if they got a good strong d which i thought from the very get go, chicago did uh they just you know it took a little time a lot of coaching staff problems early in the season in chicago they're sitting at one and four granted it was gonna it's gonna take a big u-turn for chicago to come back from this but keep an eye on those bears
0: yeah, that'll you know be a, a great story if they're if they're able to to somewhat turn it around for now because uh, you know uh, God knows it's been a, a very poor start. To the season for them. I alluded to, to injuries, unfortunately. We had that Justin Jefferson, uh, Anthony Richardson dumb. They they end up getting the W do the Indianapolis Colts 23 to 16 over the division rivals, Tennessee Titans. Gardner Minshew had to come in the game and finish off the job. Looks like Richardson's gonna be missing at least a month of football. The good news for them is that they have a solid and capable backup in Minshew, but pretty sad to see uh Richardson go down after he's had some pretty bright spots this year, and you never like to see anybody go down especially not a rookie with as much promise as Anthony Richardson has. So it's going to be Gardner's, Gardner Minshew's team. This team looks pretty good right now to the Colts. Uh, they're going to get Jonathan Taylor back, getting that uh, that deal done that a lot of people did not see coming. Uh, Moss played in, his la- in their last game as a starting running back, had a heck of a game, but it uh, looks like uh, Jonathan Taylor will be coming back next week. And yeah, unfortunate news with uh, Richardson going down, but they do, like I said, uh, have a, uh, a guy that knows how to run the offense in, in Gardner Minshew.
1: Garner Minchu to the rescue. Here he comes. He's done it before. Can he do it again? My gut tells me yes. My gut tells me that the Indianapolis Colts are kind of this wild card team that, you know, we weren't too sure what was going to happen with regards to Anthony Richardson. But now we, that we know that with or without him, they're able to win football games, that means that they're definitely solid all around on the offensive side and defensive side of the football, in my opinion. A guy that I'm keeping an eye on is Josh Downs, rookie from North Carolina. Mm, This guy has a connection with Gardner Minshew. Not as much with Anthony Richardson, but Gardner Minshew seems to have a really good rapport with Josh Downs. So keep an eye on that. As for the Tennessee Titans, you know, we saw Derrick Henry in this football game. You know, they were decent, but not good enough to beat the Colts. Big divisional game, big victory for the Colts. This could be one of those ones that Tennessee looks back if they don't win the division. Yeah. This is one of the games that they had to have.
0: What's exactly what I was gonna say? This is the game that you need if you if you're the um, Tennessee Titans. I know the game is in Indianapolis, but look, you have start starting uh, quarterback going down uh, Richardson in this one, and you have uh, a breakout game from your star DeAndre Hopkins, eight catches, 140 yards. That was something I wanted to see happen. But yeah, I think Tennessee really let one slip here. It's two and three. The division's tight. I don't think it's you know gonna be. Um, the end of the world. You look at it now, but in the grand scheme of things, and you look at tie breaks and everything that happens later on in the season, uh, I can see really this coming back to to bite Tennessee in the butt. Um, A team that uh, didn't look so great this past weekend was the New England Patriots. They scored a combined three points in their last two games. They seem to have absolutely nothing going on offense. I think that if you look at this team offensively, this could be one of the worst offensive teams I've seen play in a while, whether it's just a boring offense, nothing to too. You talk about bland, and I think bland and boring is the perfect way to describe this New England team. I picked the Saints to win this game, but I did not expect it to be a 34 nothing game. What do the Patriots got to do, Dom? Did do they go to Bailey Zappi? Do they make a free agent move? Did they give up on Matt Jones? Because right now things are looking terrible in New England.
1: Terrible. Yeah, more than that. I think <laughs> I'm going to say something pretty bold right now. I think it's time to walk away from Bill Belichick. I think this guy, the things that he's done in the past two years have been God awful. And his hand is in the cookie jar. There's, you're not going to tell him that Bill Belichick wasn't involved in bringing in the players that they brought. And the guys that they've brought are terrible. Just God awful. And the quarterback's, are God awful. Billy Zappi had a slight chance last year, but what did Bill Belichick do? He broke all his confidence by letting him go at one point only to bring him back. It was just a horrible, horrible, horrible way to build a quarterback in my personal opinion. I have no pity for any Patriots fans out there. I'm sorry. You've had enough of your super bowl runs with tom brady i'm actually kind of enjoying one am seeing oh man burn new england I i'm really grinning am. from ear to ear i'm grinning from ear to ear yeah i really am <laughs> but you know what can they do moving forward they just gotta simplify this offense meaning that you know pick a player make it Ramondre stevenson and just play north and south football and try to convert on fourth down what new england did early this season is they try to play like oh we're gonna play all our players well guess what a lot of your players just suck so you know it's kind of a similar situation in denver which we might get to but you know you gotta start filtering out the garbage and just focusing on the jewels there's not that many jewels in new england but hey you drafted a few guys before you throw them in the trash it's time to build up their confidence focus on next year already and just Keep it so simple. The defense in New England isn't that bad. You know, unfortunately, they got a huge injury last week, you know, with one of their best DBs that they drafted. But other than that, a DB shouldn't be your entire football team. So I know they also lost Bentley a bit in this football game. But again, there's no excuses, New England. Bill Belichick, it falls all on you, buddy. And I have no pity whatsoever. And quite frankly, you can lose the rest of the season. Might be a bad decision, though, because you might get the best. Kind of like quarterback in the next yeah. year's draft, but we'll have to see how that pans out because we just don't know. But right now, good luck. Simplify your offense. That's my only advice for any Patriots fans out there.
0: Well, Dominic, that's music to my to my ears. Seeing uh, the Patriots struggle. Look, I, this team has won many Super Bowls and been AFC East champions and Super world champions for a very long time. But I think right now it's coming that uh, bite of uh, Belichick back in the butt, you know, letting Brady go and all that stuff. And where it's really the question mark of is it Brady or is it Belichick? And I think we're getting a heck of a lot of answers right now. And I'm not sure that these press conferences of Belichick of, uh, you know, saying things under his breath and whispering, they are going to get him uh, many sympathy votes. Cause right now this team doesn't look good. And I think, like you said, a lot has to point to him. We got our week six picks starting tonight, Denver at Kansas City. I'm excited. It doesn't feel like we've already been through five weeks of the NFL, Dominic, but we have. So let's start with this game. We got Denver at KC, Kansas City favored by 10 and a half.
1: I don't understand the spread, William. I really don't. Divisional game, 10 and a half. Oh, boy, I guess Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, you know, maybe this is a marriage that's about to become a divorce. I'm taking Casey big time. Give me Casey 28 to 10.
0: Yeah, I got to say, I kind of do understand the spread down. It's a really good team against a really poor team. Look, you talked about AFC West battles are usually fairly close, but I don't expect this one to be. I'm going to go 33 to 14 here. Final score for the Kansas City Chiefs. Next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans. Our third game, uh, our third week in a row with a game in London. This one should be exciting. Baltimore favored by three and a half here. Ooh, this one should be a good game. i got Baltimore coming back. They get on track. They win this game. However, it'll be a last-second field goal by Justin Tucker that propels them to the victory. I'm going to go 26-25 final score. Baltimore wins by one.
1: You know, I'm going to do something I don't do often. I think this game is going in overtime and it's going to be a tie. Yes, <laughs> nobody will be the victor. These teams match up so well against one another. This is a 16 16 tie, folks. That's my call. Wow.
0: All right, I like it. love the yeah, answer. It is a tough one to predict. Well, I'll uh, give you that one. Next up, we got the Carolina Panthers looking for their first win at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins favored by 13 and a half.
1: You know, Devon A-Chain losing that big player. Yeah. It's going to be interesting how the Miami bounce back. You know, they do have Moster. They're going to get Jeff Wilson. I just don't think they cover the spread here. Getting Miami in a tight football game, 28-25. to 25.
0: Yeah, losing uh, A-Chain will be a, a big deal, I think, maybe later on when they play the Eagles and tougher opponents. I just don't see Carolina being able to put up with the speed or the points Miami's going to put up. I can see Miami win and covers 35 to 13 final score next up washington commanders at the atlanta falcons we got atlanta favored by two and a half here game is in atlanta kind of tough desmond ritter is undefeated at home in his college and nfl career and i think that ends this sunday gimme washington coming away with the upset i'm going to go 27 to 23 here final score washington improves two three and three
1: now this is going to be a tight football game both teams definitely want to have this game you know, worst thing potentially could have happened to Atlanta is Desmond Ritter actually playing a good game. I don't believe in Ritter. That's why I'm going with the Commanders. Give me the Commanders 30-27. to 27.
0: Ooh, high-scoring game. I like it. Next up, New Orleans Saints at the Houston Texans. Saints favored by one and a
1: half. One and a half. Ooh, tight game, in tight Houston. spread. Houston. Yeah, in you, Houston. Know, Strout, you know, CJ Stroud, you know, Hasn't seen much of his running game. And for whatever reason, sometimes it just pops in Houston. The running game takes it for the victory. Give me Houston 20 to 17.
0: Oof, this is a tight one, but I'm gonna go with the Saints here, Dom, and I really do see the spread. Uh, excuse me, <clears throat> being a very a good one here, and uh, you know, a very a very close one. I do think it'll be a tight game throughout, and I'm gonna go with the Saints winning here, 23 to 20 final score, so they win and cover. A lot of close games so far this week, but yeah, I will give the edge to New Orleans. Next up, we got the Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both teams sitting at three and two. Jaguars favored by four in this one. Oof, another tight game here. I'm going to say Jacksonville wins this game. They cover final score 26 to 20. Minchu has a decent game, but not good enough to beat Trevor Lawrence and the Jags.
1: I'm going to agree with you, William. I think that was a big, bold win against Buffalo. The confidence is definitely high in that locker room. Give me Jacksonville 28 to 20.
0: All right. Next up, we got the Seahawks at the Cincinnati Bengals. Seattle underdogs in this one. Cincinnati favored
1: by two and a half this is a game where you're gonna see Chase being completely dominated by you a new young kid called Witherspoon oh that guy's good he was beautiful on Monday night football and a few year, a few weeks back he will be all over Chase I'm calling an upset here wow Seattle 28 to 24.
0: Oof! I like that pick, and yes, Witherspoon was a treat to watch on the Monday Night Football. Yeah, he kind of, I don't want to say came out of nowhere because he was drafted so high, but I don't think many people knew who he is or knew how good he was. I kind of expect a high-scoring game here, Dominic, and I'm actually going to go with Cincinnati here. Uh, they put up a, a great performance last week against Arizona. I think they do it again this week, but a closer game. I'm going to go 33-30 here, final score for Cincinnati. Next up, we got San Fran at the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland uh, underdogs in this one by five. I don't think the spread is high enough. I'm gonna go San Fran win this game easily. Final score 34 to 18. San Francisco is just a much better team, and Cleveland won't be able to keep up with this offense.
1: You know, San Francisco's such a beautiful team to watch. They destroyed Dallas, but sometimes, you know, there's a little hiccup. I'm not taking Cleveland, folks, but I am I am taking Cleveland to cover the spread. Give me San Francisco in a tight football game, twenty-three to twenty. All right, next up, divisional
0: matchup. Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. Bears uh, in this one playing at home. Minnesota favored by two and a half.
1: Oh, that's a tough one, William. I know
0: I know a lot of tough ones this week.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? Kirk Cousins did prove me a lot of things last week that he was able to do it without Jefferson. The only thing is his coaching right now in Minnesota isn't that great. But I'm still going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. I think they could put a lot of points up on the board And they will in this one. Give me Minnesota 35 to 17.
0: I'm going to go Minnesota as well. I think they win, but they don't cover. I'm going to go 22-20, final score. Uh, I can really see this game being a coin toss, but I think ultimately, even without Jefferson, that Kirk Cousins finds a way to win this game. So they improved to 2-4. and four. Next up, New England Patriots at the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders favored by 3.5 in this one. Look, I'm not going to pick New England until they show they can put up points. They show they haven't been able to put up points. I think they put up 10 points in this game. That will not nearly be enough. 23 10 final score raiders
1: oh this is the coin toss game of the week it truly is you know when i was knocking belichick but there's one thing that he will be able to do is he will know how to coach a guy that he's coached with in josh mcdaniels so i'm actually gonna go and call an upset here wow. an overtime victory by a field goal new england will find a way to win this football game 20 to 17
0: All right, next up, Detroit Lions at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We got Detroit favored by three in this one. I think Detroit wins this game, and they cover. This could be a big statement game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, however. They're sitting at three and one. If they win this game, they'll be one of the better teams in the NFL and improve to four and one. So pressure's on Baker. Go all prove me wrong. But right now, I got Jared Goff and the Lions winning this game. I'm going to go 28-24 Lions.
1: Yeah, I'm just loving what I'm seeing with the Lions in that offensive line. Granted, Tampa Bay's got a good defense. But when the Lions are just rolling how they are, I just can't go against them. So give me the Lions in this football game. They will cover the spread 30 to 17.
0: All right. Next up we got the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Jets. Philly favored by six and a half.
1: Yeah, another team. Worst thing that could have won, it could have happened to them is they won this football game. <laughs> Uh, I just I think the Jets are just atrocious in terms of their quarterback play. He's looking good now, folks. You just wait till he meets till he meets the the Eagles. That is, Eagles destroy the Jets, thirty five to three. I don't know why, but I have a feeling this
0: is going to be a close game, and I almost feel like picking the upset special in this one. And you know what? Gosh darn it, I'm going to do it. Give me the New York Jets to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm no picking way. against Philadelphia for the second straight week. Call me crazy if you want to 23 to 20. The New York Jets pull off the massive upset and beat the Eagles. had the Eagles their first loss of the season? I don't know what it is. Give me some my uh, Zach Wilson. Give me some uh, New York Jets pride. The Jets win this game and shock the world 23 to 20. All right. Next up hours in the Cardinals at the Rams. we got the Rams favored by six and a half.
1: Divisional game six and a half. Connor's not playing. I don't like the spread but I like the Rams. I'm going to say another overtime game, a high scoring game. Give me the Rams 30 to 30 sorry 33 to 30. Yeah, this could
0: be a bit of a, a tricky game here. I know that the Rams are coming off uh only a 14 point performance and Arizona didn't look all that great either, but I really think this is the game that we see the Rams kind of take it to them. I'm going to go two touchdowns Cooper Cup. Two touchdowns Nakua. and the rams are, are, are going to win this game but not necessarily blow out the cardinals i think the cardinals are going to be able to put up their fair share of points but i'm going to go 34 23 final score for the rams all right sunday night football waiting all day for sunday night we got the new york giants at the buffalo bills buffalo favored by 14 points
1: oh my god <laughs> nobody likes the giants 14 nope. points are you kidding me oh well folks this is going to be a, a, obviously a massacre, so I'm going to go Buffalo big, 36-10. to
0: 10. I'm going a very similar score, 34-10. to 10. It is a big point spread. Buffalo didn't look good last week, but the Giants are just not a good football team, and this is the perfect opponent for the Buffalo Bills to face after losing to the Jags. Like I said, they win this game by 24 points. Monday night football should be a great game. we got the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Chargers. Dallas favored by two
1: and a half in this one. Wow. Dallas favored in LA. Oh, two and a half spread is the worst, William. Okay. well, You know what? I will have to go with, you know, I can't. I'm going with the Chargers. Yeah. I'm about to take the Dallas Cowboys, but I'm going with the Chargers. I just can't. Herbert's just a special quarterback. At least one of very few in the league. Give me the Chargers in a high scoring game, 35 to 30.
0: Yeah, I don't know why the Cowboys are favored in this game, first of all. And I don't know why we would go with the Dallas Cowboys. I get it was potentially just one game. The Chargers on a bye, maybe they would have taken too much time off and be rusty, but I'm going to charge with this one all the way. Uh, 27-20 final score in this one. Uh, the Chargers improved to 3-2, and two, and the Dallas Cowboys are left scratching their heads, falling to 3-3. Three and three. All right, Dominic, we've got a few minutes left on the show. What game, player, storyline, uh, question mark, are you most looking forward to uh, week six this week in, uh, in the NFL?
1: Well, week six really comes down to whether or not the Cincinnati Bengals are able yeah. to really open up that offense. They're going to be playing against the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks won a huge game two weeks ago. You know, they're coming off, if I'm not mistaken, off a bye week, obviously. And I think that they're rolling. And Cincinnati, they better have another game plan than just throwing the ball to Jamar Chase because if they don't, they will lose this football game. So I'm looking from some for some growth from Cincinnati. And I expect at home they're going to show something for their fans.
0: I think that's going to be a great game. I really do think that'll be the best one, potentially even the uh, the game of the week. I'm going to go to the Monday Night Football game. I really like that one, the Cowboys and the Chargers. Look, the Cowboys looked very poor in their last performance on Sunday Night Football. How do they get rewarded? Well, they have another primetime game. Obviously, this was all decided before the season started. But they're playing the Chargers, and you talk about a team coming off the bye. The Chargers are coming off the bye as well. Unfortunately, they're not going to have Williams for the rest of the season. He is done with a torn ACL. But look, all may not be lost for the Cowboys. You know, I think that they're heading in the wrong direction. But they're three and two. If they're get, if they're able to win this game. This is at four and two. They went at Los Angeles in prime time. Maybe people kind of forget about the way they lost. and got manhandled by the 49ers. If you're the Chargers, they go out they they win this game. They improve to three and two in what will be a competitive AFC West from start to finish. So I'm looking forward to see what the Chargers and the Cowboys uh, have in store for us in that. What player dominate do you think has has a lot to prove coming into this week? Obviously, look, We talk about teams and and, uh, coaches underperforming. Uh, For me personally, I think that it looks like Mac Jones is going to start this game, but I could very, very well see this being his last start of the season if he doesn't perform against the Raiders. Raiders aren't a great team, and I know the Patriots are coming into this game as underdogs, but I really think that if Mac Jones plays a poor first quarter, a second quarter, I could see him being pulled very shortly and not even be able to finish the game against the Raiders.
1: Well, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that, listen, he's playing Detroit, who's four and one. And a lot of people have underlooked, you know, a bit Tampa Bay because they're three and one. And, you know, they didn't play last week. But if he were to beat the Detroit Lions, I think that people are going to start noticing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Remember, a lot of players on this roster won a Super Bowl. So they know how to win football games. And that defense definitely is stout. And Jared Goff. You never know on any given Sunday, he can revert back to his old self again. So watch out for Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield. They could definitely win that football game.
0: Yeah, well, it's pretty impressive. If you look at the NFC South right now, you got Tampa Bay at three and one, Atlanta at three and two, the Saints at three and two, and the poor, lonely Carolina Panthers sitting at zero and five. If Tampa Bay wins this game, like you said, Don, bring up a good point. They beat a good football team, like we talked about, with the Lions sitting at four and one, but they improved to four and one, which would be a, a heck of a surprise. And I don't think many people saw this coming. They were they were on a bye last week, but they had a very good uh, performance in their last game against the Saints, where they won that game handily, twenty six to nine. So I think that that. Could be a, a very good uh, performance for them as well. I think a lot of the divisional matchup games are going to be important to keep an eye on this uh This weekend, excuse me, the the Rams Cardinals uh, should be a good one. Obviously, look, you got the Bears and Vikings. Really, that game is almost to to save their season. Both teams sitting at one and four. You got the Jaguars and Colts, both sitting at three and two. It's early in the season, but you look at uh games that could decide uh, a division. That could very well be one with uh, both teams heading in the right direction there as well. All right, folks, like I said, don't forget, wake up. Make sure you wake up early Sunday morning. We've got a game in London between the Baltimore Ravens, Tennessee Titans, and that'll be our last of our London special this year in the NFL. There will be a game in Germany later on, and I believe somewhere else. So don't forget to put your alarm Sunday morning. No sleeping in, catch that game and enjoy the game tonight. We got the Chiefs and we got the Denver Broncos. Hopefully we'll be a close game. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Uh, always a quick reminder, without you guys there is no show. We'll be back next week, same place, same time. You were listening to CJLO, sixty nine AM in Montreal.